So just a little over a year ago, I walked away from a $1 million a year online business, the recording revolution, my first online business. I stepped away from doing any work in that business. Uh, and I get asked a lot of questions about it. Uh, and I've alluded to it a little bit before. I've shared a little bit of the story here and there. Um, a lot of the podcasts I've been on lately, when people ask about it, it's come up. But I figured I wanted to do an episode here to break down why did I step away from such a profitable business? What is the state of that business now? What led to that decision? How did I make that transition from working in that business to working exclusively in this personal brand, the Graham Cochran brand? Um, what mental scripts I was dealing with along the way? And what can you learn about my very hard decision? It was not easy to make that transition. So I'm going to basically take you behind the curtain a little bit into sort of how I thought about making a major, major career shift in my life. Let's discuss. Welcome to episode 157 of The Graham Cochran Show, where I'm here to help you build your online business, work less, and live and give more. I'm your host, Graham Cochran. I hope you're doing so well today. It's an honor to spend part of my day with you, uh, and I hope you feel the same. I think you're going to get a lot out of this episode. I'm excited to share uh, some of the juicy details of this. And, and I, my hope is that as we get a little bit further into the story, by bringing you in, you're going to understand a little bit more about how my mind works and how I think about these types of things, because you're having to make decisions in your business each and every day. And you're going to face a moment in your business journey where you're going to see a major fork in the road. And it is going to be very hard to know which path to take. And I hope that you will gain some insight or some nugget from today's episode that might help you when you come to that decision, or maybe you're already there. Um, I want to give you a gift though, before we dive in today, if you are brand new to the business journey, or just curious about how I run my online businesses, and you want to get paid for what you know, the knowledge you have in your head, the skills that you have in your life, the experience that you've had, whether you think it's a high level of expertise, or it's just a hobby for you, your knowledge and your experience is valuable to somebody else. And I can teach you how to do that. Not only in my book, how to get paid for what you know, but I can teach it to you for free. If you want to take a workshop on the subject, I have a 45 minute passive income workshop that walks you through how to get paid for what you know, take your knowledge, figure out the profitable idea that you can start a business on based off of what you know. And then the four elements of making it a business, how to get people to discover you, how to sell to them, how to create something that you can sell and how to automate the entire process. It's a 45 minute workshop. It's super didactic and helpful. It'll break it all down for you. It'll be a great kickstart for your online business journey. It's free too. How about that? Just go to grahamcochran.com slash workshop. You can catch it there. And if you want to pick up the book, how to get paid for what you know, It'll give you even more juicy details in that book, but I know some people just want the free stuff. So I'm going to give you a free workshop on the subject. GrahamCochran.com slash workshop. There you go. Enjoy that as my gift to you. So if you don't know my story, my very first business, The Recording Revolution, I launched it in 2009. It still exists today, by the way, recordingrevolution.com. You can look it all up on YouTube as well teaches home studio musicians how to record professional sounding music on a budget, what gear to buy, how to use it, how to record, how to mix, how to produce. 
basically, if you're a musician or a songwriter, how do you make your own records at home and make them sound like what you hear on the radio, on Spotify, on your favorite albums? So I've been doing that since 2009. And that is where I had my first success in work, in career, in business. It's where I started to make good money. I mean, I had done a bunch of random things, but this was the thing that actually worked for me. And it was how I discovered online business uh, and what I love teaching about today. So this was, I thought, the end. I was like, man, I found my thing. I'm good. I've made tons of money. I've become successful. I've become known for something. I'm helping people. I love my work. What more could you want? And here was the problem. In 2015, so imagine I launched this in 2009. In 2015, six years into business, very successful, very content, I started to have this itch to talk about the business side of things. Part of this came from an article. I had some press drop on me in 2015 about what I was doing in this music business and uh, and and. It, it expanded my reach. And so I had people from all over the world reaching out to me saying, hey, I don't care about music. I don't know anything about music, but how are you making the kind of money you're making talking about something as random as music recording? What's the business model? Could you help me figure out how to monetize what I know? And I had people who are fitness instructors. I had people who are foreign language experts. I had people who are motorcycle mechanics. I had people who taught back how to deal with back pain. Um, people that were uh, authors, people who are dating experts, um, all kinds of people who wanted to understand the how of the monetization of the knowledge. And that was my foray into coaching online business. So I would do this for free. I would just jump on a phone call with people and I wanted to help. And I, cause I was like, dude, this is, I love this stuff. I absolutely, I'll help you. Um, and I would ask questions and I would figure out what they're doing, what they're not doing, what they know, what they don't know. And then I would explain the business model and walk them through it. This started a spark, which started to grow into a flame, a fire of desire to talk about this more. I was like, I love my business. I talk about it pretty much only with my wife because she, she understands it and, and we would just celebrate what God was doing and all the success and all the new things I was discovering. But I wanted to talk about it more. I, I wanted to like share everything I knew about business with, with people. So I was doing that one-on-one. And after a year of that, I realized in 2016, like I need to launch some kind of online resource. It could just be a Twitter account. It could be a Facebook group or it could be a, a, an, an online business. I wasn't sure, but I knew I wanted to do what I had done with music recording, which was take everything I know about recording music and put it out there on the internet for free and just make the most dope resource, but do it for online business. And so I had this desire and in 2016, I was going to do it, but I just got so nervous, and I talked about this before and I won't get into it today, but I got so nervous about jumping into this new space of business that I, I just punted for two years after that. Uh, I didn't launch GrahamCochran.com until 2018. Um, imposter syndrome. We can talk about it later. But I eventually launched GrahamCochran.com in 2018, and it's been an incredible ride ever since. The last four years have been insane. Um, yeah, helping tons of people, built an, another million dollar a year business, published my first book. Um, I mean, it's been insane. But here's the thing. I launched it 
primarily as an outlet, a creative outlet, a passion project, a desire that I just had to do this. And then as I launched it, I fell more in love with it. I was helping people. It was growing. I was realizing that there is a hunger for this. Despite the number of gurus out there, there is a hunger for someone like me to teach on the subject in a different way, to share a different model, maybe a different set of goals or values, different worldview. Um, and people were hungry for it. And I got really serious about it and started to ramp it up. So imagine I'm running both businesses at the same time. Fortunately for me, I'm really good at efficient online businesses. So each one only was taking me about five hours a week. So I'm spending about 10 hours a week running two businesses and it was fine until it wasn't. Because what was happening is I was solving the one problem, having that creative itch to talk about what I really, really was loving, which is business and online business in particular. But what it wasn't solving was the fact that I was realizing, and I was in denial about this for a long time, that my passion for teaching and talking about music production was waning, okay? Um, I was still making videos every single week for the Recording Revolution, as I have been for 12 years. Um, and there came a point, probably in 2017, excuse me, in 2019, so a year and a half after launching the Graham Cochran brand, where I realized, man, I don't love this music stuff as much as I once did. And I got honest with myself and it was a scary, scary thought, which I'll talk about in a second when it comes to some internal scripts. So I had two realizations that were related. The first one was, I don't love this as much as I once did. Music is not the dominant love of my life vocationally like it once was. It has now shifted to business. And I don't know if I want to keep making these videos on the music side. And then the subsequent realization was, gosh, because I'm not as passionate about it as I once was, and because it's not the love of my vocational life like it once was, I'm not the best guy to be teaching this stuff to my people. The audience is still there, was still growing, is still hungry, but I think I'm becoming the bottleneck to not only my business's growth, but more importantly to the success of my students. Because if I'm not as passionate about music production as I once was, I'm not going to do tons of new research, stay up to date on all the things, read all the interviews, do all the things. I just, I don't have the desire anymore to do those. So therefore my content is never going to rise above my passion and interest in the subject. And therefore I feel like I'm going to be doing a disservice to my people. And I struggled with this. And there came a point where in 2020, it was summer of 2020, I realized I feel disingenuous making these videos. I can't do this. I can't, it's not right. It's not right for me to, to create a video for my audience who is excited and passionate about it where I'm not as excited or passionate about it. Now, there's no real right or wrong. There's no police on this. But the thought that came to me was, I felt that this was wrong and disingenuous and it was not 
it was not best for me to be making the videos. And so I came to two, I have two options. Number one is I just shut the business down completely, which was my first, <laughs> my first choice. Cause I'm a, I tend to be all or nothing when it comes to my thinking. I've, I've, I've been accused of having black or white thinking. I don't know if you can identify with this. So I was like, well, if it's not my thing anymore, I'm just gonna shut it down. And it took me a while to come to the realization as we'll talk about in a second, but I realized I'm gonna shut it down. And through a lot of prayer conversations with people that know me, know my business, and then my business partner in the Recording Revolution told him my thoughts. And he said, man, I just don't know if I feel good about you shutting down. I'm happy to shut it down. We can both walk away if that's what you need but the audience is still there and it's still growing and they're still hungry for this stuff. What if we try to find a way to keep it up and running without you to see if we can still serve these people and at least give that a shot? They at least deserve that shot. And so I agreed, I thought it made sense. And so we made a transition that we worked on, which really had been a long time coming starting in 2017 of me bringing on other content creators for one-off products Mostly it was for products. And I would bring people on for my free content on YouTube from time to time, but made the transition slowly without realizing it that I had brought in a lot of other, my friends who are experts in, you know, Grammy award-winning songwriters, you know, Taylor Swift's original manager, Rick Barker, uh, Grammy award-winning mix, mixers and producers, uh, beat makers, um, orchestral arrangers, uh, people who are experts in fan growth and audience promotion and like promoting your music, uh, all kinds of other experts in the in in the field. I've been bringing them on for one-off products, interviews, and content. It made it sense to just have a natural transition to bring them all in and rotate them through on the YouTube channel to be the face of the recording revolution and not me. So we made a more intentional transition the last half of 2020 that by January of 2021, I was going to step away from the day-to-day -day content, email, and interaction with the business. So that's what we did uh, in January, 2021 was when I stepped away and I still own the business. It's still running. It's still making money, albeit not as much as when I was in the business, um, which is part of what I knew I would be giving up was revenue because we knew not everyone would be on board with Graham not being there. And so that's where we've been for the last year and a half. And so what I wanted to do, I pulled up some notes here, uh, was share the personal side of it, what was going on in my head, what internal scripts held me back from making this transition for a while because I've been feeling it for a while, how I overcame those internal scripts and want to share a little bit about how following intuition has led me to so much success in my business and some markers of that that might be helpful for you as you're making transitionary decisions in your business. So let's talk about what held me back for the longest time from stepping away from this business. Internal script number one, and this is maybe one you've dealt with is, well, why do I need to step away from it? It doesn't take me long to create the content. Like literally this was the big one. Like I would, every week when I would feel like I needed to step away, a little voice in my head would say, well, Graham, it only takes you like four or five hours max to fulfill your, your commitments to the business. And you could give up some of those other ones, but you could still create the content and only take you a couple hours, a week. Like, how hard is that? It's not that big of a deal, the voice would say. Just put in a couple hours a week 
cash the checks and you'll be fine. And you know what? That voice was right. It, it, it only took me, again, five hours a week max to create content for YouTube, check email, interact with my students in my paid community, and one-off meetings from time to time. So I was justifying staying in the business just by like that it wasn't much of a time commitment. The problem with that internal script is that it only addresses one currency, which is my time, which is actually way more valuable than I give it credit to. But I would just say like, look, if it doesn't take me long, I should keep doing it, which I have struggled with that script for a lot of things, by the way. This is why up until like a year ago or two years ago, I still made my YouTube thumbnails. Like 10 years into my business, I'll still do my thumbnails. Why? Because it doesn't take me that long. Yeah, but I shouldn't be thinking about thumbnails at this stage of my business. I should just be thinking about coaching and content, right? And other things like writing my book and, and doing press and media and all that kind of stuff. I was still doing thumbnails because it didn't take me that long. I was still uploading my videos to YouTube and coming up with the titles and the, and the tags and the descriptions up until like a year and a half ago. Because it doesn't take me that long. I would just justify like, it doesn't take me long. Part of it is just a control thing. I'm a control freak, but that was a huge mental script holding me back. The other one was, this is a big one. Well, I, if I leave the business, if I step out, it's going to crumble. It's going to crumble. Like if I'm gone, as the it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. And then it'll go away. And then I lose all that revenue. And mind you, I had just launched GrahamCochran.com and granted it made $100,000 in its first year, which is not bad. And I could live off of that. Um, it's not the same as 1.2 million or whatever Recording Revolution was doing um, when I was stepping away from it. So I just had a lot of, like, I don't know. I, you know, I, I do a lot with that money. Uh, we, you know, and this, it doesn't matter. Like, this is just between you and me. Like, I, A, I obviously invest a lot of that money. I have financial goals for my family and my kids and my legacy, but we give a good chunk of every dollar we get away Um to charities and organizations that I believe are doing good in the world. And, you know, there's a mixed bag of like responsibility and that could be good, or maybe it's like pride of like, well, what will they do without me if I'm not able to contribute at those high levels? Because if my income dropped by, you know, you know, 90% of my income goes away, I obviously can't give away nearly as much money as I'm giving. And so that made me sad for a variety of reasons, probably some good, some bad. Um, and then we wouldn't be able to do as many fun things as we're doing now. We'd have enough to live and it'd be fine. Uh, but it, we wouldn't be able to do some of the fun trips and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, there's a mixed bag of like, I don't know if I really want all that money to go away. So I have fear of the business crumbling, um, with me stepping away. Another internal script was just identity. Like I wrestled with this for a long time. This is who I am. I'm the music guy. Before the music online business, there was Graham, just the musician and the audio engineer and the songwriter. I mean, this is dating back to the first grade. So I've got 20 plus years of identity shaping. And then imagine you having something you're good about, good at and passionate about, and then it becoming a million dollar a year plus business and becoming the largest or one of the largest YouTube channels in your space on the subject, being known for a thing. Imagine walking away from that. Oh, it was like walk, walking away from who I am. 
and becoming a nobody is what it felt like. Becoming unknown, becoming normal again. And I was really afraid of that. A related fear to that identity was, well, what will other people think? I knew, and this became true, not for everybody, but I knew that a lot of my audience or a portion of my Recording Revolution audience would be so confused. Like, what? What? What are you doing? This is, this is who you are. You know, when you become known for something, it's hard on another, a lot of levels. One of those levels is that you now are in a box in people's minds. Not everybody, but if you're known for something, people assume that is who you are. That's how they were, were introduced to you. That's how they've had a relationship with you, whether you know intimately or remotely or from afar. And so if you walk away from that, they don't know what to make of it because they're like, this is, this is who you are. You are this. That's just like when, you know, actors become singers or singers become actors or an actor is one type of role. They're always doing comedic roles. And then they try to do a serious role and people are like, no, 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 no. You can't be doing a serious role. Like, you're, you're Derek Zoolander, you know? Like, you can't, you can't do something serious. Like, you, there's these labels that I knew people would be struggling with because, and I, I am too. I'm like, yeah, I, I have a hard time walking away. I'm the music guy. So what will people think about, like, my identity there? I had a lot of fear of what will people think about me? Am I, am I greedy that I want to just go build a business about business? Um why do I have to have a second business? Like, was the first one not enough? Like a lot of, lot of fears of what people will think. And then this was the final one. Like I would extrapolate out into the future. Well, what if I leave the recording revolution business, focus on the Graham Cochran brand, and then the Graham Cochran brand crumbles for whatever reason. And then the recording revolution will have crumbled because I don't have my focus on it. I'm not there. And then I will be left with neither. Am I, am I being foolish to give up a known quantity to invest in a not as known quantity? There's potential. I see potential, but it's still not guaranteed. It was still back then a uh, $100,000, $150,000 a year business. And what if, what if they both crumble and then I'm left with nothing? Part of me had, and I've used this analogy before, part of me felt like Michael Jordan here, I'm going to compare myself to Michael Jordan. When he left basketball to pursue a career in baseball, and then turns out he wasn't good at baseball. No offense, Michael. Will I have that moment of, oh, just because I'm good at one thing doesn't mean I'm going to be good at another thing. I should have just stayed in the thing I'm good at. You know, people get that complex of they become successful at something, and then they think that that's going to translate to everything they touch. And in reality, maybe they were just successful at that thing. And I had that fear that I wasn't really going to be successful teaching about business. And I just, I, I was good at this one thing. I should have stayed in my lane. Should have stayed in my lane. Those are my fears and my internal scripts. So how did I overcome them? It took me a long time. Like I said, from 2015, really to 2020, to fully make that transition. 2015 to finally have the guts to say like, man, I really want to start something. 2018 to finally launch the thing. GrahamCochran.com. And it took me another three years to fully step away from it. So how did I overcome it? Time. Took, it took me a while. Um, a lot of prayer. As a Christian, I believe in the power of prayer and I believe that God wants to lead me and guide me and speak to me. 
right? Jesus says in John 15, the sheep hear my voice. Um, so I believe I can hear God's voice as he leads me, which he's always done. He's, he led me into my first business. It wasn't my idea to start a business. It was his idea and it was a random idea. It made no sense to me. I couldn't see how it would make sense to be profitable talking about recording online, but I trust him. So a lot of prayer, talking to my wife because she knows me. Part of this type of thing, when you're about to make a major transition in your life or pursue a major transition, is you got to talk to people who know you, like truly know you, and not just what you've accomplished, the you that you've accomplished, but the you of your preferences, your likes, your personality traits, your desires. If you have ever done an energy audit where you, you take stock of the, the activities that give you energy and the activities that drain you of energy and um, the places that give you energy and the places that drain you of energy, the people that give you energy and the people that drain your energy. If you've ever done that, people that really know you, they know what gives you energy and what doesn't. So talking to people like that, I had good friends who were successful business owners um, who shared my worldview and my faith and understood my businesses. And I'd be like, hey, like, what would you do in, in this situation? Ask them that. What do you see? Am I missing anything? Are there any blind spots? Is there any reason why I shouldn't do this? Um, talking to those people. But then at the end of the day, I would project out into the future, and maybe this is something that Jeff Bezos has talked about, the minimizing regret theory of making decisions based off of, if you were gonna go into the future, which decision would you regret the least? And as I projected into the future, I could imagine if I just stayed running both businesses, it would be fine. It would be fine. I could, I could talk about music recording in my sleep, and I could keep making content, and my audience is very loyal and they're good people. Uh, and they would, I could foreseeably see this going well for another decade plus. And I could still build the Graham Cochran brand on the side and it'd be fine. But I would regret not going all in on the Graham Cochran brand. And I would wonder what would have been possible if I weren't mentally divided because at the end of the day, going back to my first script, mental script, Oh, it doesn't take me long to run both businesses. True, time-wise, it didn't take me long. Mentally, though, it's so much creative mental energy to be responsible as the content creator for two brands. It's doable. I've did it for three years in a row, but it got to a point where I was tired of it mentally. And I would imagine, what would it look like if I took all my mental energy, all my cognition every day, mental cognition, and put it on only one thing, Right? Michael McCallowitz has a great book called The Pumpkin Plan. It's really all about just focusing in your business. If you give one pumpkin in your pumpkin patch all the nutrients, it'll grow huge as opposed to giving all the pumpkins, you know, nutrients, they'll grow to, to be a certain size. But if you rip out all the other pumpkins and just focus on the one big one, it'll get all the nutrients in the patch and it'll get huge. And I had that theory. Well, what would that look like if I put all my mental cognition and energy and creativity and innovation into the Graham Cochran brand? What could that become? And who would I become? And what could be possible? I had, so the, the door seemed like so wide open and the possibilities seemed so endless if I went all in on the Graham Cochran brand, even though it's not that I needed more time, it was more of just the mental energy and more of just the identity of like, Graham, you sometimes, you sometimes, right? People were saying, and I was at, <laughs> this is crazy. I was at the Kajabi Impact Summit. I'm just remembering this now, which was this amazing conference that Kajabi put on 
in 2019, right before the pandemic, you know, a year before the pandemic. So they haven't been able to do it again since. I hope they do it again. They brought in a ton of speakers. One of them there was Rachel Hollis. And I don't follow Rachel and, and I don't know anything about her other than, you know, what you hear there, here and there in, in the media and on social media. And she's written some best-selling books, whatever. She came out on stage and she was like, this is talk's going to be for the women in the room. I was like, yep, not for me. <laughs> she literally said it was not for me. So I, I was starting to tune out um, during her talk. But then she started to talk about her story. And she said something that just spoke to me in that moment because I was struggling with it at the time. Again, I was running both business at the time. She said something basically to the effect of, and I wrote it down in my journal, I'll have to get it. Don't, don't sail two ships at the same time. You can't burn the boats and just be in one ship and just go in on that ship. And she said it more eloquently than that. And it related to her, her story. But I felt that the message was for me because I was trying to ride both ships thinking if I have both, I'm safe. Run both businesses, I'm safe. And don't get me wrong, there was a time and place for having both businesses. There was a transitionary period. But the moment I heard that, I realized, Dude, what would be possible? What would be possible if I weren't mentally riding two ships and I just cut the rope, burned the ship over here and just went all in on the Graham Cochran brand? And I projected into the future, if I didn't do that, I would regret not having that opportunity, not taking the opportunity to go all in on this business. And that just became very real to me. And as scary as it was, I felt like I would regret the decision of keeping both businesses more than going all in. Which leads me to a word that I've used before, only because somebody asked me about it a year or so ago, about you seem to have a lot of intuitive, a high intuitive sense about what to do in your business. And do you just follow your intuition blindly? What does that look like? How do you know what to do? This is something I'm like discovering over time. So first of all, you gotta understand I'm a Christian. So I have, I have a different worldview than if you're not a Christian. I actually believe there is a God of the universe who's the creator God. And people say they're spiritual or people say that the universe has an, as a persona. And I, I, my, my view is, is that they're speaking of without realizing it, the God of the universe, the creator God in, in, in the Bible, right? The, the God of the Jews and the Christians, that there's one God who created all things and he's real and his spirit is real as the Bible tells us. And he speaks to us and he leads us. And I don't hear God audibly, but I hear it in here intuitively. I get an idea I get a sense of things. And I've talked to a lot of people who are non-Christians who will describe this similar experience where they, they will have a sense, a real sense that they should go here or talk to this person or do this thing. And I believe that's, that's the same God that I'm talking about. They may not worship him or believe in him, but he's speaking to them. And I believe he speaks to me in that regard. And he has led me through these intuitive moments. Um, uh, and what's hard about that, it's A, it's hard to talk about because I know not everyone listening to this is going to land where I land. So some people have already tuned out just because they, they just think it's weird or they don't agree with me or, or whatever their preconceived notions are of a Christian. Um, but I don't think it's any weirder than anyone that is quote unquote spiritual or listens to the universe or believes in the law of attraction. I think that's just as weird. <laughs> so I don't know why Christians get picked on, but I have theories, but we won't go there. So- you know, some people get weirded out by that. But at the end of the day, I do feel like 
it is hard to talk about because partially I actually want to take credit for everything that I've ever done. I don't know if this makes sense to you, but it would be a lot cooler for me to say to you right now, I just always know what to do. I always make right decisions. And the reason I'm so successful is because I'm just so smart, my friend. And I've just known what to do all along. And I cannot say that because even though I believe I'm smart, I have intelligence and I've been gifted with a, a stable family and a home as a child. And I was gifted education and all these opportunities, which I am grateful for. And they've helped me. Even that alone isn't enough to make wise decisions. There's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. <laughs> I know a lot of smart people who are not wise. And I know a lot of wise people who don't have any formal education and had no formal opportunity growing up. They just have a lot of inherent wisdom. I know that my businesses have been successful partly because I've been following this intuitive sense, which I believe is the spirit of God leading me. And so here are a couple of things I know about intuition, whether you land where I land spiritually or not, here's what I know to be true for you and me. The answers aren't always inside, but there are a lot of times that there are answers inside of you. Someone is trying to speak to you, lead you, and you know deep in there what's right and which direction to go. You know, but a couple of things get in the way. One, fear. What would happen if I did this? I don't know about that. I don't know. I can't prove that that's going to track out. Can we ever? Do we ever really know what's going to happen? Right? King Solomon said three years ago, don't boast about tomorrow for you don't know what a day may bring. It's, it's, it's a humbling thing to realize. I actually don't know how either of these decisions are gonna turn out. But the fear wants to know, will this turn out for sure? And we just don't know. So fear will drown out the voice inside that's telling you where to go. Distraction will drown out the voice inside. We're on our phones. You're spending gobs of time on social media, news feeds, super unhelpful both of which are super unhelpful in our lives. They don't bring a lot of fruit or, or uh, productivity, um, but they they cloud our minds. We're super distracted. Um, so we have like all this noise. So you can't hear the still small voice inside. Uh, and then just not a lot of, the third thing I would say is not a lot of experience following that intuitive voice. The more experience you have walking in step with the spirit, as he leads and guides, the more confidence you have that he will continue to lead and guide because right, you have past experience. Just like the, if we got to know each other, if I gave you some good advice over coffee and you took that advice and it worked out, you would be more likely to take my advice in the future because you're like, well, he's a little trusted now. He, he did give me that advice and it worked out. So I, I do trust maybe what Graham's saying now. So you, we'd have that, that rapport and some, some history together. So the more you follow that intuitive voice, the more you're likely you're to follow it again, especially when it goes well. So in my business, this looked like the intuitive decision to start a blog, the intuitive decision to monetize my content as opposed to just running ads all the time. I had this thought like, well, what, maybe I could make more money if I had my own products. The intuitive sense of what content to get behind, to know that I should be controversial. The intuitive sense to connect with certain people. Some of my biggest success moments led were uh, came out of me having an intuitive sense that I should fly across the country, spend money that I really didn't have to spend to go to a networking event at a massive conference in LA 
and walk around a convention center of 2,000 people, 200,000 people, excuse me, and just assume I'm going to bump into the right people I'm supposed to talk to and make connections with, which led to more and more connections, which led to media opportunities, collaborations on products that made me hundreds of thousands of dollars, um, credibility plays by being associated with people who were more credible than myself, and friendships that have led to cool collaborations and other friendships. None of this made sense, right? Starting the Graham Cochran brand didn't make sense. I don't even know if my wife really understood why I wanted to start another business. Creating content around Kajabi as an affiliate, I had a little bit of a prompting that, hey, maybe I should do this. I did not think I was going to make any money as a Kajabi affiliate. Do you know that I'm the number one Kajabi affiliate? I beat Amy Porterfield. And Amy, if you're listening to this, thank you for letting me somehow beat you. That was like a bucket list <laughs> to pass you as the number one affiliate, right? And she doesn't care. Uh, I'm, I'm the number one Kajabi affiliate. It's so profitable. One of the best business moves I ever made was to start creating content around Kajabi. I didn't think it was going to amount to much, but I had this intuitive sense. Maybe I should do that. Maybe I should do more. Like I'm not that smart. I'm not the one saying this is going to work out. But in my moments of quiet, where I'm not distracted and where I let the fear, so quiet, the noise outside, the fear inside, and remember how this intuitive voice of the Spirit of God has led me in the past, I am more prone to hear clearly and follow that voice. And it has led me to really, really good things. So I wish there were more formulas I could give you about that. It's it's a little little vague and maybe outside of your comfort zone or outside of the box for you. But when it comes to making difficult decisions for your business in order to grow, I think you really need to listen to that voice. And I will say the practical things are here as we wrap this up is fear is never a great decision-making factor. You should listen to fears. Fears can warn you about some things like, you know, I think, John Acuff has this great line where he says, you know, fear, fear gets a voice, but not the driver's seat, right? Like, okay, I'll listen to that fear. Yeah, that could go bad. This could happen. That's a good point. Maybe I should protect myself a little bit here, but it should not be driving your decisions. It's a really bad driver. It's a really bad decision maker. It's a really bad leader. And I think a lot of us are just paralyzed out of fear to make any kind of decision in our businesses. So fear is not a great decision maker. So don't be led by fear. And maybe, just maybe, you can't make a decision in your business because you are too distracted and there's way too much noise, way too much noise. So turn it off, get quiet. And it might take seven days of like drowning out the noise, the distractions to finally be quiet enough in your soul to hear what decision you need to make in your business. And I can't guarantee that it won't be scary. I can't even guarantee that it'll make any sense. Most of what I've been doing the last 12, 13 years of my online business journey has not made any sense to, to people that are rational, logical, or even to me for that matter, but it's worked. And there's something to be said about that. So long story short, I stepped away from a million plus a year dollar business to take a chance on a fledgling newer business 
which is now surpassed my first business's annual revenue and has even more upside, as far as I can tell, looking ahead down the quarter of time with my limited foresight and knowledge. And not only has it grown beyond my recording revolution business in terms of revenue, but it is opening up doors that were never there before. It is fulfilling in a way that I knew it would be because again, my passions have shifted and it is giving me a chance to be stretched, learn new skills that are uncomfortable, becoming an author, thinking about more public speaking, things like that, interacting with people that are way outside of my pay grade. It's made me uncomfortable and stretched me, but I've known I've needed that growth and that stretching but it wouldn't have happened if I didn't go all in and walk away from a very good thing. I now have an even better thing. And fortunately, I still have both together, which is a real joy. And I'm able to still serve both audiences, but it's not the same as it once was. And it's been a new journey. It's been scary, but it's been exciting at the same time. And I just hope that this story gives you some confidence that you can make big, bold decisions, changes in your life and in your business. I don't know how it's going to turn out for you, but if you are not being driven by fear and you're able to listen quietly to the Spirit's promptings in you, I believe that there are great things on the horizon. And I want you to ultimately walk in freedom to do the things you want to do and not be trapped by past success. Because when you become successful, you think that's what you want. But the problem is it can quickly and easily create a new prison for you that you're afraid to step out of because it's comfortable, it's successful. And now there's even more mental scripts and fears tied up in it. So it can become a mess real quick. But my hope is that this episode has given you a little bit of a nudge or a push to step out to whatever you're being called to step out to. Let me know in a comment below if you're watching on YouTube, if this was helpful or insightful. If you're listening on the Apple Podcast app or Spotify, always shoot me an email, graham at Let me know that this episode resonated with you and what your takeaway was. I love hearing from you. Otherwise, it's just me talking to a camera and to a microphone by myself. And if you need actionable steps to say, I am ready, I'm ready to start my business. That's what I feel led to do right now. Take my passive income workshop and learn how to get paid for what you know. Just go to graham slash workshop. It's free. It's actionable. It's inspiring. It's going to get you ready to rock in this next endeavor in your business and life. Have an amazing rest of your day and week. And I'll see you in another episode real soon.